Hey guys, welcome to episode 23 of the Worldwide Knicks podcast. Omar here alongside Alex and Rafa on this Super Bowl Sunday. It's commitment to the grind. You know, we're not watching the Super Bowl. We're delivering Knicks content to you guys. That's that's just how committed we are here on Worldwide Knicks. How are you guys doing today? Um, good, thanks, Omar. Yeah, considering how the week's going for the Knicks. But yeah, I'm going to enjoy the Super Bowl in a bit, so... Despite know, knowing absolutely nothing about it, but I, I think I, I put in the chat earlier. I actually asked which teams were playing, which is you're, a good, you're is not, a good sign of my knowledge. You're not uh, worse than me. I just asked. Wait, it's the Super Bowl today, so you're better than me. At least you, you knew right. it was today, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we're uh, you know, so we're gonna talk basketball today and uh it's a little bit of a different episode than we normally do you know we normally do a lot of Knicks talk but to be quite frank the team has just went one and three this past week losses to Utah Denver and Portland and a surprise win against Golden State but we kind of wanted to talk about something where the Knicks weren't very active but other teams were and that's the trade deadline. So the trade deadline just passed. It was uh, February 10th. And, you know, before we start kind of doing what we're going to do today, I just want to make a, a funny comment. Everybody on Nick's Twitter was like saying, oh, yeah, this is going to happen at the deadline. That's going to happen at the deadline. We got all these moves, all these moves. And Leon Rose said, yeah, you guys are funny. We're not making any moves. So no moves at all from the Knicks. So before we get into the meat of this episode, I kind of want to ask you guys, were you surprised that there were no trade deadline moves made by the front office? No, I wasn't surprised at all, to be perfectly honest. You know, this this front office is, is, is shown to be um, patient and waiting for the right move. And I'm sure we'll go on and talk about it, but there, there didn't seem to be an, an obvious move out there. Other than Potentially Halliburton, which 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 was a big one, which we'll, we'll talk about later. But a lot of people thinking, well, we, we needed to throw everything at Halliburton, but they, they just seem such a such a, a kind of it's 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 so weird. Like uh, we talked, I think we even talked last week about this that um, when Rose and, and and all the others took over, I thought it was just for for star chasing. They would be going out for huge moves and straight away away but they, they've they've been completely the opposite and you know the bit they seem to be building steadily through the draft and but still although building through the draft they've they've obviously taken on a, a kind of a coach that's all about winning so they they want they want a bit of everything they want to build a culture of winning throughout the draft but uh, but also have you know draft smartly in the background and and build that in the background as well and I, that that's that's kind of all, always the way I, I kind of wanted to go. I didn't want to do all out tank, but I didn't want to kind of just throw, you know, crazy trades out there and, and just go for stars and then end up with with no 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 depth to the to the to the roster at all. So I I, I was kind of expecting it. I thought they they would do something with Kemba. Uh, that was rumored heavily that they would do something with him. And from the reports this week, it seems like potentially could just be bought out now. So. They must have been shopping him about, and just nothing came up. So, um, and I think probably other teams probably kind of saw that coming and just didn't make a move, knowing that he'd probably be bought out after the deadline anyway. So uh, they were just, um, you know, rather than giving up an asset, they just thought they'd wait. So, other than Kemba, I don't think there was a. I know there's all these kind of rumors about 
kind of all these players that are available. I think that's just a bit of posturing by the the front office. You know, the you know you know no players technically kind of untradeable. So I think they're just putting it out there, just say look, you know, you can pick up the phone and you know give us an offer, you know, but we're not we're not going to just accept anything. So I think that was a little bit of media talk as well. I was a bit surprised we didn't do anything uh, at all. I thought we were going to. I mentioned it. Uh, we were going to maybe, maybe dump just some players, to get a, a pick or some random guy to make up space for for Cam, especially for Cam. If we didn't trade Cam, because there was a lot of talk, we were going to trade him. I feel like Rose doesn't want to 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 come come out bad in any trades that he does. So he rather just keep these guys, maintain these guys, and just trade them trade them away. I don't I don't agree with the tank thing either. It's the to me, I've done enough tanking. Supporting the New York step, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's there's no there's no need to to tank. There's no need to do this. And if we make the the planes, yeah, it's if we try and if we then make the playoffs, it's it's awesome. But if we don't, I mean, we're, it's like we're kind of we're going backwards. We're we're uh, not not backwards. Let me rephrase this. It's like we're um, last season was supposed to be this season and this season was supposed to be last season i don't know if you guys uh, are following my thought process right here because no, we didn't yeah, i agree yeah we yeah we were supposed to improve and from the season that two seasons ago this was an improvement it's it may sound crazy but it was an improvement but it, we went the other way around we made the playoffs first and now we're trying to figure out who we are so it's it's kind of confusing but at the end of the day, if there there wasn't the, the, the right deal, if we couldn't get a, a point guard or something, uh, and if we are content with, with having this version of Kemba Walker and other players, I, I mean, I'm not mad they didn't they didn't trade anyone. I'm glad they didn't trade uh, Randall for the, the bag <laughs> right. of Doritos, so I'm fine. That's what that's what Twitter wanted, you know. That's 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 exactly what Twitter wanted, and luckily Leon Rose doesn't pay attention to what people on Twitter say. Um, just, just sorry, Rafa. Just what you were saying about Cam there. I didn't actually before the trade deadline know that rule about how um, players in his position couldn't be aggregated in in bigger trades. That was a surprise to me. And then yeah, somebody it, reported it, and then and then you were thinking, well, if he can only be going in in a player for player swap effectively, then what are you going to get back for that salary next? You know, something something pretty rubbish. Do you know? Has, uh, yeah, it had to be something. He, he was traded for that player, but the, the other pieces were, were going to be get moved uh, with the same team, which is, yeah. I mean, it's... That kind of fudget, fudging, that kind of... Yeah, like, it's... Uh, but again, it's, around it's, the rules sort of thing. Yeah, basically, yeah, exactly. And yeah. I think the good thing to take away from it is, is that the old Knicks would have made some sort of panic move. They would have panicked and traded for a contract like Russell Westbrook or John Wall, right? Or and, trade for Goran Dragic. <laughs> yeah, it's like attach multiple firsts to get Goran Dragic or something like that. And they didn't. And I think that's a sign of improvement. But with that in mind, we figured it'd be kind of a little fun exercise to take a look at five of the bigger trades that happened this deadline season. And one thing talk about who won each deal in our opinion and if the Knicks were in a position to acquire the marquee player in each of these packages what would it have taken and if we would have done it 
So pretty straightforward. Let's start with um, our old buddy and pal, Kristaps Porzingis. Hmm. Uh, he was traded from the Mavericks to Washington for, for another Nick fan favorite, Spencer Dinwiddie and uh, shooter Davi, Davis Bertans. The Wizards also uh, were attaching a uh, future, or sorry, the Mavs also attached a future second round pick to that deal as well. So Alex, in your opinion, who won that deal? Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. So it's such a tough one um, because I think from, from a Mavs perspective, they get a bit of depth. Um, they get a bit more reliability from a health perspective. They get off that horrendous contract, but then again, the Bertans contract is horrendous as well. Um, but I, I guess they see it as, you know, here's two players for one. But, I mean, Dim, Dimwitty is a, a solid player, um, but he's not going to get to to run much in that Mavs team for obvious reasons with Doncic. So, I don't know, it's, it's a kind of slightly weird fit for me. Um, but we'll see how Doncic kind of, you know, um, works with him. Um, Bertans is a great shooter, but that is absolutely it. Um, you could do next to nothing else. He's uh, one of the worst defenders in the league, um, and he's got an absolutely he's terrible bad. contract. So, God. <laughs> um, I mean, at least, but but at least Porzingis, if big if, but if he's healthy, is is you know really a really good starting level player. Um, That's the thing, isn't it? Porzingis is never healthy. He's mm. never there to be this the number two guy to to Doncic. He is never there. That's the he has the big contract and he doesn't show up. He's he's always yep. injured. Yeah, but still seemingly wants the limelight, wants to be the main man, and has never got, really got to the point of proving it. And he and he never will if he can't stay healthy. He never will be the guy to, to someone again. Someone else pays the big money to him. Because he's never healthy, and the Mavs just traded him away for Dinwiddie and for Bertans. Bertans is is just to fill in for that the contract, mm-hmm. and Dinwiddie maybe he can have a, a because what I read and what I what I what I saw is Porzingis can't really create by himself. If Doncic isn't there, he's he isn't a guy that can create for himself all the shots and pass the ball and anything. And Dinwiddie is a guy that, obviously different positions, but is a guy that can do that. So Doncic has a rest, and Dinwiddie is there to maybe, I don't know if they're, he's going, they're going to make him come off the bench. Maybe it's the best position for Dinwiddie now, because even if he lost a step, and Bertans is is, is Bertans, if they play, they're doing better than Porzingis, who doesn't play. So my takeaway... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. My takeaway on this is this is a slam dunk for the Mavs. Um, yeah. Because you have animosity with Luca and Kristaps, and you had to get rid of that. You, you know that Luca's your future. He's younger, healthier, and a better player. It's obvious. So, you know, there was no power struggle internally there. And what do you get? You get Bertans, who's a shooter. Who's, so when Luca penetrates, he has a guy who could shoot the three at a pretty high level. He doesn't, like I said, doesn't do much else, but, you know, he fills a need. Uh, Dinwiddie is honestly, in my opinion, the perfect guard to play with Doncic because he doesn't really need the ball. He has size and length, so defensively he's not really a liability. 
And he's had his fair share of injuries as well. But, you know, I think overall that for how the Mavs are building their team, it's a slam dunk. But now with the Wizards, again, it's a we've said this a bunch of times this year, but it looks like a really weird roster. Alex, you and I were were talking during the Portland Knicks game last night. And like, who's their point guard? Like, is it Neto? Is it Ish Smith, who I think just got acquired in the deal? Like, it's they really don't have one, you know. And they got rid of Harrow as well. Um, yeah, yeah. It's very strange. With I mean, maybe they're just giving up on the season because Beal's done for the year, and yeah. they're like thinking probably about, yeah, yeah, pairing Beal and Porzingis is like their dynamic duo of the future, but. Yeah, I don't know. It, it just seems like a weird fit uh, to me. But I you, think that runs away with this. So you, you were mentioning the, the Mavs there, Omar. That, um, I mean, what must Doncic really feel about this? Because, you know, Porzingis was brought on at great expense to be like a, a kind of a help to him, like a second star. And now if you look at that roster, there's, there's no real stars there. Um, from his perspective, if he's looking around that, you know, is this team going to help me compete? For a title, um, I would say absolutely not. Um, um, they, they need more kind of top end talent there, a little bit, <clears throat> a little bit like uh, the Knicks are at the moment. They've got right. no, I mean, other than Doncic, they've got no real, you know, star level talent that's gonna gonna get you anywhere in the playoffs. Um, and Bertans and Dimwitty are certainly not gonna provide that. Yeah, they don't move the needle like that, for sure. No. But- by the way, you we have uh, uh, we were talking about this because uh, the Wizards are you said it, Omar, maybe blowing it up because of uh, Beal being out for the season. The Pacers are blowing it up as well. We will get to that, but maybe that's the reason why the Knicks didn't blow it up as well. Because right now, if we look at we'll look at uh, look at it going forward, we're the well the one to take the last play-in spot. Maybe they're they're gambling with it. The, the next for novice, maybe okay. Let's uh, keep this roster and go to plans. Maybe you can uh, get into the the playoffs it, itself. I don't know. So I, I kind of want to address two points that you, a point that each of you guys made. So, in terms of Washington, they're in such a weird place because do you play for the play in and show Beal that you're still competitive to make him want to sign long term, or do you just assume that he's going to leave in free agency this summer and just say, well, it's time to build for the future. Let's secure ourselves a lottery pick. So that's like the ultimate weird thing for, uh, for, for the wizards, excuse me, uh, for the Mavericks, you know, to your point, Alex, about not having top end talent, I kind of wonder if they're going with a Giannis approach, you know, like we have our, our main guy and we can, if we have just other guys who are, average to above average players, maybe then, you know, we could go on a little bit of a run because we think this guy that we have is so fucking dominant. And, you know, Luca is dominant. You know, none of us are going to argue that. Uh, is he as dominant as Giannis? I don't think so. But that could be the thinking that they still have Hardaway. They just extended Finney Smith. You know, they got Dinwiddie and Bertans now. These aren't scrub players, you know. These are good NBA players. And that could be my only logic there. But Bringing it back to the Knicks, I, I think we all are laughing at the even the notion that they would trade for Kristaps Porzingis to bring him back to New York. But if they did, what oh would God. the package look like, in your guys' opinion? And 
would you have done it? Well, um, me and Omar were talking earlier about how the perception of Porzingis has changed now that he's he's away from the Mavs because, um, well, to me, a lot of me wanting the Mavs to lose the last few years, well, um, for one, was it's more it's more Cuban that 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 annoys me on the Mavs. You know, just seeing him lose, seeing him mess up. That that to me is a something that makes me happy rather than seeing Porzingis lose. Um, the also, I think there's a desperation within Knicks fans that they just want to be seen to have won that trade. And now that trade's effectively been unwound and Porzingis is off the team, then it does, it's not really a talking point anymore. So I don't know. I, 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 I don't have any ill will against Porzingis, to be honest. You know, um, you know, I loved him as a player in New York. Yeah, the, the whole fallout from New York was made me hate him for a little bit. But I, I, as, mu- as much as I don't mind him anymore, and I, I'd quite like to see him do well in Washington, I I wouldn't want him back in New York. It would just be a, it would just be a a soap opera story. Um, and it's just as I say, we'd have to give up a hell of a lot to get him. So, um, although the way the way people are wanting to just give away half our roster for nothing uh, these last couple of weeks, um, <laughs> they probably could have done it. So, um, but no, I I don't think it's worth it. No. Not at that contract anyway. To your point about the the the, the, the Knicks, Knicks fans in the in Porzingis and Mavs as well, this was built not because of Porzingis himself, but what the media did or talked about about the Knicks uh, because of we when we traded Porzingis, it's mm-hmm. we were the worst franchise in history. We were, we were the worst. We will never be good because we traded Porzingis. And now he, where the, the team that won the deal, clearly won that deal, traded Porzingis away because he was a liability. He wasn't good for them. So, yeah, it's a, for Knicks fans, some Knicks fans, and uh, I went when I laughed a lot. Uh, you are witnesses of my uh, complete, uh, well, Twitter as well. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I fucking it lost great. it. I thought the I next was, morning, I was like, oh, Rafa's uh, in his bag right now. <laughs> oh my god, it was so good when he w- was because for Knicks fans, it was okay. See, we were right, we were right trading this unicorn that's never show up, that never shows up. Uh, I love that quote, as by the way. Uh, so no, I would absolutely not trade for Przingis, yep. Uh, and um... probably th- if we, if for some reason we uh traded for Porzingis, if we would have offered them Randall and Fournier, the Mavs would just stick and run. Oh, yes. Give me those guys. Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah, the Mark Cuban would would just be dancing immediately if, if the Knicks <laughs> offered that. I mean, that's the dream. You have the great story with the hometown kid coming back to Dallas, and you get a nice, good uh, good shooter to pair with, with Luca. I mean, that's that would have been an ideal situation for, for the Mavs. Um, Can you imagine Nick's Twitter if that happened? No, I mean, I would just delete my account. <laughs> but, but they got what they wanted. Randall was out, but yeah, Porzingis yeah, was yeah. in. I, I yeah, would Randall's love to see that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, suddenly, suddenly, offer that up to Nick's fans. It's like, Ooh, wait a minute, I don't, I don't mind Randall after all. Oh, he's checking up at that. Yeah. <laughs> 
But, but yeah, also, I, I'll make it a make it a clean sweep with you guys. I would not like. It's like you don't go back to your ex girlfriend once you break up with her, right? You know, like you broke up for a reason, and you know the the divorce here was messy. You know, and um, you don't want to just rekindle that. There's no package outside of just throwing away a second round pick and restructuring his deal, <laughs> which obviously would have never happened. Wow. Uh, <laughs> let's uh, let's move on to probably the biggest trade of the deadline uh, in terms of just the star power. So the Brooklyn Nets uh, got rid of disgruntled superstar James Harden and attached Paul Millsap and sent him to Philadelphia for Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, a first-round pick next year, and a first-round pick in 2027. Alex, who won this trade? Wow. It's, um, I mean, I know I know that trade was rumored for, for quite a while, but it was still quite shocking to see it. And to be honest, the most shocking thing was what else uh, the Sixers gave up. Because yes. Curry, Curry is a good player. Like, I know he lives in the shadow of, of Steph, but he's still a, a very, very good player. Um Drummond is Drummond. Um, I mean, he quite possibly might just stand and under the basket as much as he can and just rebound all day long for the, the Nets. They, that, that's that's what they're missing. You know, the Nets, a, a big rebounder. So, you know, maybe he is a valuable player for them as well. Um, and, yeah, I mean, Simmons is, is such, a, such a kind of unknown quantity at the moment. Nobody's quite sure about how how fit he is. Um, you know what's going on there. You know because he had, you know, mental health issues. As far as he said, the um, you know is there anything still lingering with that? Um, really hard to tell at the moment. Uh, Harden as well is is a bit of a, you know, is he going to be a, a great fit with Embiid? Who, um, you know, when 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 Harden switches off, he switches off big time. You know, like. So if Embiid's working in the post, they're working um, from the mid range. You know, is Harden just going to be standing out in the way past the three point line, hands on his hips, doing nothing? Um, it's it's a real interesting one. I can't wait to see it. Um, and <clears throat> well, all I'm hoping for is you know a Sixers a Sixers net playoff series. I think that's going to be absolutely incredible. Um, yes. Yes. On the face of it, I would say. The Nets won the trade, but that's assuming that Simmons can get something back to his old self. Um, because on paper, he looks like a fantastic fit um, in Brooklyn um, with you know Kyrie and, and KD again. Assuming that Kyrie can get back into court and assuming that Durant can stay healthy, that's that's potentially an incredible big three. Um, so I, I would say on the face of it, they, because of what else Philly gave up, um, I would say that the Nets won that one. I have the two things about this trade. Um, one is how much uh, Ben Simmons devalued that the Sixers had to give up so much to get uh, alongside with Ben Simmons to get James Harden. So much. It was you, you mentioned two first round picks, Seth Curry and Drummond. I mean, it's uh, wait, it's way too much. I, I really thought it was going to be just a one for one with a few pieces, maybe a few bit, all the all, all the ones out. 
odd one that uh well <laughs> just edit this shit. <laughs> um yeah so i really thought it was going to be just a one for one um but the second thing i, I wanted to say is I think the Nets, Brooklyn, did a, a really good job here because they got out two players that were unhappy with the t- within the team, Harden and Millsap, and they got uh well, two, even if Ben Simmons doesn't play the best he can, he, he will play more. And Seth Curry and Andre Drummond will be guys to help off the bench, bench that they don't have. So it's uh, I think it's a. <clears throat> It's a win-win trade for Brooklyn. And, uh, man, I don't know. I, I'm expecting James Harden. Uh, the, the thing I, I can say that Nets – well, looking at it on paper, I may think the Nets won the trade. But I think James Harden will go ballistic in Philly to – just to – oh, uh, yeah, you want to treat me – I'm being portrayed as the bad guy here just uh, because I asked it for the trade. I mean, I'm getting mistreated. I want one out. I mean, yeah, I, I'm going to show you. And if there's a, a series between Brooklyn and Philadelphia, um, James Harden is going to play out of his mind. I believe it. Although it's the playoffs, so Harden well, generally doesn't play out of his mind. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it is is it is the playoffs, but he's playing with Embiid, and uh, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, well, because he barely played with with Durant. I'm not counting this, but solo. Arden, this is the uh, Embiid is the best player to play with him. Yeah, I'll Sorry. um, I'll say this. I think that the fit with Embiid is great for Harden because he plays on the perimeter more. He's not clogging up the lane with uh, like Simmons did with with Embiid. Um, but on the other hand, to your point, Alex, I think this almost feels like highway robbery for the six uh, for the Nets, excuse me, uh, because. Just don't even think about Simmons for half a second. Obviously, he's a great defender, does everything well except for shooting. We know that. But you get a shooter who has proven himself to make big shots in the playoffs. You get a center who can rebound, which they've been lacking all year. And you get two first-round picks. The important thing is that the one in 2027 is huge because there's a very good chance that these star players that the Nets have won't be on the team in 2027. So that's a rebuilding piece for when you're setting it all back up again after presumably you've contended for a couple of championships with this score. And then you add in Ben Simmons, who's like this utility knife of a player. And you get rid of a guy who clearly has been reported, has had locker room friction with Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. Get rid of Paul Millsap, who wasn't really doing anything for you after he signed the vet minimum in the offseason. So... I mean, I think once it's a lot of ifs, obviously you mentioned Alex, where you got to have Kyrie available and KD has to stay back, get back and stay healthy. And let's not discount the fact they have lost 11 games in a row right now. So they um, they're, they're reeling right now. They're like two games above 500. But I think the fact that you got them to attach Seth Curry and two first round picks, because I would have easily seen it being hardened for Simmons and Drummond. That would have made sense to mm. me. You know, and but you add all those pieces. And I think because everybody and their mother knew that Daryl Morey wanted to bring Harden to Philly. Yeah. So Sean Marks had leverage, you know, and, and that's the And thing. also Harden could have effectively forced his way out as well because he had a player option next year. So 
Uh, plus the fact of he's going to want a massive contract in the next mm-hmm. few years. Um, so when he resigns, so I, th- I think yeah, once the Nets have you know seen it going going south, you know, with their season, then yeah, this 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 is a very smart move the way they got it. So, um, I, I mean, a lot of people point to the fact that you know um, Simmons. Well, you mentioned it a little bit, Rafa, that. You know, he, he wasn't playing, so he's he's effectively a zero for them. Yeah. Um so they got a good return back in that respect. But yeah, looking at it as a from an asset point of view, I think the net the net's definitely won it. Even if when if you look at it, the two players that they gave up, uh the because that's when Simmons wasn't playing, so he doesn't count. So he didn't he played zero minutes this year. They trade Seth Curry is a good shooter. But I mean, it's James Harden to take his place, so I think it's a win there. And Drummond for Millsap, yeah, well, maybe Drummond does more off the bench than Paul Millsap, but Drummond Millsap, was redundant though on that team. I think like it was just it a was weird, a, yeah, yeah. I think with Drum, I think with Drummond, as long as he know kind of knows his role, um, yes. he's had there's been talk, lots of talk over the years about him, you know, wanting to be some sort of superstar and lead teams and all this kind of stuff and um i remember even about a year ago they talked about him kind of you know uh, creating his own shot and dribbling and playing almost like a, a kind of point guard point forward kind of role yeah and it's uh, it, yeah it was obviously a bit of a mess but um if he just comes in as a backup to Embiid, uh, sorry backup to Embiid, you know just uh, kind of Works the, Aldridge, <laughs> yeah, Aldridge, yeah. Works the kind of boards and and does everything that you know KD, Kyrie, Simmons, and and, and the rest don't do. Then I think he could be a, a really good complementary piece. This this reminds me a bit. I know I don't know if you guys agree. Um, when the the Heat had the the big three, LeBron James, Wade, and Bosh, they didn't re- really had a center who could defend or who could who could rebound. And Bartman. Yeah, it, it was not going. They, they, <laughs> Come on, man, it was the best thing. Them. It was the best they got. They got it was they got yeah. the burn man, and I think Drummond can do that role for for the Nets. Just be that guy yeah. out there, try to protect, protect the paint, uh, rebound. I mean, he's not going to stop Embiid if they play him with the Sixers, but he will try and slow him down. Right. Um, so obviously, these are two star players that have been moved. Would you guys have liked to see the Knicks make a play for either Harden or Simmons? And if so, what would you have offered for that for either of those guys? Ooh, um, as I mean, purely from a from a stylistic point of view, I wouldn't want Harden. And I, I know that's just like a lot of Knicks fans would just say, you know, I don't want this person, don't want that person, and they only want the perfect world of. Um, you know, like waiting for always waiting for the superstar that's just never going to come. Um, but I just, I just can't stand watching him. I can't, you know, it's one of those things that if he's if he's on your team, just watching his style of play, watching his attitude, and he's, um, yeah, he's just not, he's just not for me. Um, certainly at that contract, and certainly what you'd have to give up to get him. Um, yeah, I just don't think that would be worth it at all. I mean, Simmons, Simmons to me is more of a... We talked earlier in the season about how if you could almost buy low on Simmons, which the Sixers didn't bite the, the, um, earlier in, um, 
you know, when this all kicked off. Um, if you could get him in a reduced value, I think he could have been a great fit in New York, um, especially with Tibbs, you know, defence. Tibbs, would, he's, a, he's a player you would think Tibbs would love. So, um, But, yeah, there's, again, so many ifs with him. Um, is he going to be um, back to the old, back to his old play? So I, I really like him as a player. I, I think he's very underrated. And the, the whole shooting thing is... We've talked many times is just a bit of a, a bit of an exaggeration, and that he brings so much else to the game. That again, if you surround him with the right players, then that that part of it's not as important. So I think he's 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 probably in the best situation he is, and he could be with the Nets. So uh, with all that pressure's taken off. So um, at but what to give up for Simmons? Um, I mean, I'd guess I think we talked. Uh, early in the season that it would have to be Randall because is, 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 although he's noted as a point guard, he's really a point forward. Um, I think him and Randall would just get in each other's way and bring similar things to the table other than Randall's you know, got the shooting ability. Simmons has got the defensive upside, but they do play a very similar position. So um, I think it would have to be Randall that would go in that situation. Um, and given what... <clears throat> um, you know, the Nets gave up to, to get him. So I think it would take a bit more than Randall. So probably picks involved as well. So that the more the more that kind of trade package builds up, the more, the less I kind of um the less interested I am in in making that trade. So probably I would say neither. Um but if I had to pick one it would be Simmons. Yeah, I agree. It's uh would be Simmons over over Harden, but I I don't really think uh, looking at our, our roster, I don't really think we had a, a a package good enough to make that trade happen. Uh, I mean, Ed, you, you you want to trade guys to Brooklyn or to Philadelphia? They don't really want to, the young guys we have to to build them. They want guys to win now. And Randall, Fournier, Burks. I mean. Um, uh, Kemba's not, not not guys that are going to well they, they might help them but it's not the guys they want so the Brooklyn may, maybe we could have it was maybe easier to trade with Brooklyn than to trade with uh, Philadelphia because one of the assets we got to trade to Brooklyn would be Mitch and they would absolutely love having Mitch on that team but I, mean, I don't see as obviously we're not trading RJ Barrett. So maybe maybe that's the only guy. Mitch, RJ, uh, with the two guys who maybe doing the little little bit, but I don't see that that happening to either team. I don't think we had a, a good enough package, and I ultimately think that's what happened in this um, trade deadline. We didn't have good enough packages with, with our veterans to trade them to someone to help them. They're not expiring deals, so basically, it's this. And the Nets aren't interested in picks. So, yeah, right. I think you're right. So, my takeaway is, like, I don't want either of these guys on, on my team. Okay? Like, look at the heat that Julius Randle got this year. And he hasn't given, like, you could say the play, but he hasn't really given anybody any reason off the court to, like, go after him. And that that's Nick fans. That's New York media. They're going to go after you. And you think Harden would have handled that? Like there's rumors right now about how he didn't want to formally request a trade because of how bad the optics would have looked. 
like Berman would eat this guy alive, you know, and Ben Simmons, I mean, same thing, you know, like he, like his coach was critical of him and you and he decided not to play this year. Like, can you imagine him trying to play under Tom Thibodeau who has publicly like shit on RJ Barrett before, you know, like they, it wouldn't work. And so, and like, what's the package, you know, it's, it's like you said, Rafa, like they would want a star back. And unless you view RJ as a tradable asset right now, I, I really think you, they, they really want to hold on to him. I think they feel like, you know, the team has something special in, uh, in RJ. And I agree with that, with that statement, of course. But yeah, I mean, if you, you would have had to offer Randall to your point, Alex, and some other pieces, I just don't think it's worth it. You know, for, for these two guys, like Harden's entering his thirties and, you have a big question about his commitment to the grind and Simmons, you, you like we've talked about already. He's a, he's a mixed bag. You don't know what you're getting with him. I know what I'm getting with Julius Randle. You know? So that's, it's like the devil, you know, versus the devil you don't. Right. And yeah, so I, I, I didn't want us to be involved with either of these guys and I'm glad we weren't um, moving on. So this was like, this is a lot of players. So this was the Indiana Sacramento trade. Uh, mm-hmm. Indiana sent uh, DeMontis Sabonis, Jeremy Lamb, Justin Holiday, and a second-round pick in 2027 to the Kings, and the Kings gave them back Tyrese Halliburton, Buddy Heald, and Tristan Thompson. You know, this was a trade with two teams who are underperforming and are just trying to, I guess, hit the reset button. So, Alex, what team here, if any, won this trade? Right, I'm. I'm probably going to be the only person, in uh, well, um, that I've I've seen that actually thinks you know the the Kings got a good return, a uh, good return out of this. Um, they did. Yeah, I, I, like everybody was so shocked that the Kings gave up Halliburton, but Sabonis is somebody that's really underrated. Um, he's been kind of caught up in a kind of logjam with. With Turner in that lineup, that's not allowed him really to showcase what he can do. He's a really good player. Um, he's defensively a wee bit kind of dodgy, but he's improved in that this year. Um, he's got so many skills. I, I really, really like him as a player. Um, and you know, some of the other pieces they gave up as well are good, solid players. Holiday's really good. Um, Lamb as well can contribute. Um, and Halliburton. Yeah, I mean, on the face of it, he's he's a really top talent, and somebody I really wanted out of the draft for the Knicks at the time. I really, I was really surprised they didn't pick him up when he dropped. Um, I think they must have just seen a red flag that you know other teams were seeing as well, um, because he was supposed to be going much much higher than that. Um, but he's proved himself well. Uh, he's looking like a really good talent. They've obviously taken the decision; it's either him or Fox, and. They've just gone with the guy that they've committed such a big contract to. Um, and, uh, you know, at the end of the day, Halliburton's an asset, you know, and he's, he's, on a, he's on a rookie deal. So obviously Indiana will have him at that rookie contract and, and not an expensive one either um, because of where he got picked. So, I, you know, I, I can kind of see it from both sides. Obviously, Indiana are rebuilding now. Um. And I was actually surprised that Turner didn't go as well uh, in the, at the trade deadline. So, um, 
you know, from their perspective, they've got a, a you know one of the potential rookies of the year uh, that that could have been a rookie of the year, um, and he's 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 done great since he came into the league. So from their perspective, I think it's a nice fit for them. Um, but for the Kings, seem to be trying to build around Fox, trying to give him a bit more star talent. And as we always know, no no free agent's going to go to Sacramento, so they've got to pick up these kind of players in, in deals such as this. So I, I, I can see it from both sides, but I definitely think that, you know, the Kings got a better, better side of it. Um, because again, there's so, so much unknown with these rookies. And, and I think that that's come up a lot with this whole movement on with Knicks fans about, you know, just play the kids, just play the kids, you know, Tibbs doesn't play the kids and you're like, well, you know, these kind of rookies and, and, and sophomores and things like that, there's so much ups and downs with them that, you know, you know, Halliburton could end up just being a kind of solid NBA starter at the end of the day. Um, whereas Sabonis has been there and done it and proven it. And he's he's also, Sabonis is only 25, which people don't realise a lot of the time. You know, he's he's still a young player himself, so he's got plenty of room to grow. Um, but if I had to choose one, yeah, definitely the, definitely the Kings. I preferred what they got back. I mean, if you tr- you told me that they were the the, the the Pacers were going to trade Sabonis just for Tyrese Halliburton, I would say nah. They're getting way more than that for Sabonis. It's their best player, twenty five year old, two time All Star. They're gonna get more for that. So they got Sabonis. They got they got Sabonis. They traded away Sabonis for Halliburton and. Uh, Bad contract of Buddy Hield. The, 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 the Sacramento dumped Buddy Hield's contract, mm-hmm. and they got Sabonis in return for it. And they had to give up Tyrese Halliburton. They gave the big money, the big bag to to Fox, who's twenty two or twenty three, uh, I think, and they still have Davion Mitchell. So they're not. It's it's weird. People would say it's okay. It's weird. They had Fox already, and they drafted Halliburton and Mitchell, Dejon Mitchell. So they drafted a lot, and basically they look at their chances. Probably talk, tap talking to, to to Sacramento. Okay, do, who who do you want for a Sabonis? And they say, okay, just uh, give us Halliburton. They say, okay, Halliburton just for just Halliburton for Sabonis. It might not be bad. Just well, let's trade him with Fox. Let's uh, pair him with Fox. See what what happens. I like that fit. Fox with Sabonis. Sabonis is a great player. I mean, it, it's it's not a bad move that Sacramento's trying to instead of trading away Fox for, I mean, for for whoever they would trade Fox for Randall or whatever. Yeah, it, it's basically the same thing. But they're betting on Fox instead of Alliburton. That Twitter or next Twitter. Think Alliburton is the next Michael Jordan. I don't know why it's 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 that notion because we could have drafted him instead of Obi. We didn't. We drafted Obi. I mean, we passed on him like other teams passed on him. We we needed a point guard. Yeah, but we maybe we didn't believe in Sabonis. In Sabonis, then Alliburton. That was the <clears throat> our plan, our thing. And I I said it on Twitter if. If not uh, on our Twitter, if Knicks fans showed just a not not half, just a quarter of the love to to RJ that they're showing to Alliburton, I would be happy because it's like 
like I said, the grass is always greener on the other side. Always. It's, it's infuriating. You know what, yeah. guys? It would not be fun if we all just agreed all the time. <laughs> I agree with both of you, like, a lot. I think the, king, the Kings are fucking idiots for making this trade. Uh, because, <laughs> like, optically, it's so bad. Like, you draft a guy who made, correct if I'm wrong, Halliburton made all rookie last year, right? Yeah. Okay. I think you did, yeah. So you draft a guy in the lottery who makes all rookie, looks like a building block of your of your franchise. And I'm not saying, I'm not jumping on the Knicks Twitter thing thinking that Halliburton's like this, a top going to be a top 10 point guard in this league or anything like that. But you had the building block of this team who made all rookie, who looked like he was on an upward trajectory, and you attach him to a salary dump? Like... That's just really bad management. And, yeah, Sabonis is a good player. I mean, Justin Holiday is an okay player. Jeremy Lamb's an okay player. I get it. But this team is, like, lacking any sense of direction. And you're bringing in Sabonis to play with Fox. So you're building around two guys who shoot the three poorly in a league that values the three. I, I, I Like, I think Indiana ran away with this deal. You know, you get – a backcourt guy in Halliburton. So now you have Brogdon, Halliburton, and Duarte. I mean, that's a nice young backcourt core. And even if you decide you want to flip Brogdon because it's not working in the rebuild, you're building around Halliburton and Duarte. I mean, that's interesting. You know, so – and then you you get Buddy Heald. I mean, it's a bad contract, you know, so that's – it is what it is. He's probably going to get flipped next deadline by, by, the, by the Pacers, if we're being honest. And yeah, I, I honestly think that the the Pacers did well here uh, to to get Halliburton, and I just think the Kings are just an albatross of a franchise right now. They don't know what the fuck they're doing. But, oh, no, yeah, but, I, but my, my my point was, I, I think thinking of it, uh, if you're the Pacers, I think it was a good deal for the Pacers. If you're thinking from the Kings, I think it was a good deal from the Kings' perspective. And, yeah, I think somebody, a neutral person looking at it would maybe think one way or the other, but I just think where the paces are going, that was that was a good move for them, just to kind of get all these guys in rookie deals and, uh, and you know, and rebuild rebuild from the bottom up. But the 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 Kings are, are just needing more more quality throughout. I think more solid players throughout. Um, I, I don't know. I don't. Uh, yeah, I, I I think it was a, f- a fair deal. For where each of the franchises wanting to, wanting to go. Um, so my question to that, Alex, is where are the Kings wanting to go? Because like you see where the Pacers are going, they understand yeah. it's a long rebuild. It's going to take some time. You know, Sabonis doesn't fit into the timeline. We could bring mm-hmm. in Halliburton, plays with Duarte, plays with who knows what happens with Turner in the off season, whatever. And mm-hmm. but the Kings are like oh, well, we'll get rid of our young ascending guy. And then they also got rid of another former lottery pick in Bagley in another trade. And But they've held on to Harrison Barnes. It's like, are they trying to – like, are they trying to compete? It just seems like they're, they're – Well, I think they're, they're, they're kind trying of, to make the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, they're trying to do what the Knicks are doing. You know, they're trying to trying to, to, to win and develop at the same time. And they're trying to kind of build up. You know, as you said, the Kings have been an absolute joke for so long that you know they're just trying to at least get some sort of respectability back. Building yep. around Fox, they've got Sabonis, who's as I've maybe rated a bit higher than you do, obviously Omar. But 
Um, I think they're just trying to get that. It's two guys that, who can't shoot, that. Alex. <laughs> like, no, but you could. It's not just two players in the team. Do you know you can build know, around I, that. Right. You know, um, uh, and you know, I think they're just trying to get to a point where they're competing for playoffs and at least get to that respectable level where they can maybe attract more players into the. You know, the, the, they're, they're just tra- that they're just changing direction. Before it was just all yeah. about tanking and getting picks and hoping for that luck and getting that superstar. And Fox is the nearest thing that they've they, they've got. So they've just made a commitment to him contract-wise and they're just like, well, let's just give it a go like this. Let's try something different. Yeah, I mean, they, they have done that of the waiting and trying to, to find through the draft enough. The, the Kings, I mean, they, they had Cousins, they had Tyreek Evans, they had... They traded. They tried everything. Drafted differently. It, it never worked, and it, it, their trades were never to to get better. We just oh get this young guy, try this young guy. I mean, they're getting a legit all star, two time all star, and Sabonis, a twenty five year old. So they're trying something different. It's twenty years since they uh, twenty years since they've, since they've done the, the made the playoffs. I think yep. what last time was with Chris Webber. I mean, it was yeah. a long time ago. I mean. They're they're trying something different, and and you can't blame player. You can't blame the team for trying something different. I mean, you're criticizing the Kings for not trying to for for making those trades. I know Tyrese Halliburton, maybe he's a, a, a superstar in the future. Maybe he isn't. I mean, it's you 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 always risk it when you trade players like that. It's I mean it's it's, it's always a risk. I mean, if the Char- if the Charlotte Hornets years ago believed that the, uh, Kobe was going to be a star, would they have traded him? Absolutely no. So they they risk it. It's they get okay. We paid Fox. Let's uh, for for once go around this guy and Fox. They 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 didn't do if they made a trade like this with um, a few years back with the Marcus Cousins when the Marcus Cousins was their was their star or their star in the making. Maybe they would they would have done something. And I mean, we can't blame him for it. it you're I'm blaming the next front office this. for not doing it, and you're blaming someone for doing it. Let not you, but they they traded two 40% three point shooters in the steal. Yeah. Just keep they that did. in mind. In the league that values shooting, they traded two 40% three point shooters. So we'll see what happens. You know, I could be a, uh, like, you, you're probably right, Alex. I probably value, undervalue Sabonis a little bit, but. I don't know. Um, because you're a Randall guy. It's, it's a, it's I, I have a Randall guy. That's true. <laughs> He's like the, the sworn enemy. Uh, but uh, let's, let's flip it to the Knicks. I don't really want to bring up Sabonis because the natural thing is Sabonis for Randall. But if, if the Kings wanted to trade Halliburton and also wanted to attach Buddy Heald to that trade, would you guys, if you were, if you were Leon Rose, have entertained that offer? And who would you likely have given up to make that happen? Sorry, I met, was it the Fox, did you say? I mean, the rumor? Healed, Matt, Buddy Healed. It was the same trade, no. Buddy Healed. And, trade. So uh, like they offered you Healed uh, and Halliburton. Oh, right. Would you consider it? Um, for Randall? Uh, what else? Um, they'd, as much as we've just said, I mean, they're going away from the kind of bottoming out draft picks and things probably want a lot of draft picks as well uh, I don't know um, 
I like Har- I like Halle Burton, but I've not actually seen as much as you know. I'm 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 gonna hold my hands up here. I don't watch a lot of Kings basketball, <laughs> but the um you know I've you know, he seems to be put- <laughs> you you watch. I thought you were a part time Kings fan these days, but Rafa. So uh, <laughs> Keta doesn't play, so there's no point. <laughs> well, um, if he's attached, then we gotta make the deal. Okay. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll get yeah, yeah. for that then. Um, the yeah, I, I really don't like heel though. That's the thing that's really sticking for me. Um, the the Halle, but yeah, I mean, just having having a, a quality point guard on, on the next just is so tempting. And I think that's where it came with Fox as well. Like people just get overexcited with with the Fox rumors, even though not without looking about all the all the kind of red flags with Fox. But they just saw point guard next to his name and, and just got really excited. So um, I think that's yeah. I mean, Halliburton would be would be great on the Knicks. I, I really like him, but yeah, he probably would have taken too much to get him. So um, I just don't think it was maybe the right thing, right move for. For the Knicks to go after him, although they didn't seem to ever be in for them, uh, it was always about Fox, unless that was some sort of smokescreen. But um, there hasn't been any reports since. I don't think that they were interested. So, um, but yeah, I'm not not too sure on that one. I'm a bit bit, bit torn. But I'd say just probably just due to lack of knowledge of Halliburton's game. Uh, all all I'm going on. I mean, I was pre-draft. I, I looked into him a lot, and I liked I liked him. I liked him a lot, but. I've not seen a lot of a lot of them other than just the highlight plays and things um, since he's been in the league. So yeah, it would be a risk, I think, definitely. If it's the same trade, if it's basically the same thing, maybe they wanted Randall to pair up Randall with uh, with Fox and I don't know who's on a roster we can go. Uh, maybe Burks or um, or Kemba. I don't not Kemba probably, but. Imagine if it's uh, Randall and Burks uh, going. I don't think that's a move. We would get a point guard, yes. But right now, we would be a, a worse team. I think it was maybe taking... It's not take a, a, a step um, to the left or to the right. It's just taking a step back, one or two, because we would be a lot worse than we are right now. Maybe we would go... We would, Yeah, we would go super young. Probably would just play the Alliburton, RJ, Cam, Obi, and uh, and Mitch. Yeah, it was super young, super fun, super exciting. But it would be super infuriating as well when they shut the bed because it's going to happen with young. It happens with young kids, and it it, it was going to happen. I mean, you were seeing this uh, second unit the Knicks have right now playing basically with the young kids, and it's it doesn't look this fun as it should be. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. It, they got pulled really fast this last game against uh, the Blazers, and we could uh, on the fourth quarter, and we could we we could see why. But I don't know, maybe if we could get a point guard in another way without giving up uh, the one of our best players, because Tyrese Halliburton coming into the to the Knicks wouldn't be our best player or the second best player, maybe not even the third, and we were giving the the to second first best player in our team so it would be maybe in a few years it would be good but we would be okay we have a point guard yes we have no power forward right now great do, do you think rafa the the filling the point guard thing you would prefer to have a 
like an experienced high level point guard, you know, maybe towards the end of his career at this stage of where the team's at at the moment? Or would you rather try and draft high? Like, there's a, there's, a, as far as I can see from uh, Erson's recent posts, there's not a huge amount of point guards up the top of the draft um, in this, in this coming draft. But even if you could draft a good point guard or maybe draft, or maybe trade for somebody like Halliburton, you know, that's at the early stages of his career. Do you think that's the right kind of move if you're if you're wanting to go for you know a top level point guard, or would you go for the more kind of experience, maybe like a I know he's not available, but like a Chris Paul type, you know, like somebody that can kind of bring the experience and bring you know kind of orchestrate everything uh, from from that stint. Yeah, probably a guy like that. Maybe not in his late thirties, like Chris Paul guy, but uh, mm-hmm. some someone 20s getting into his thirties. Yeah, probably that was the that would be the guy to get more, a little bit more experience. That's I reckon that's why they they went with uh, with uh, with Kemba. Let's try it out. He's a more experienced guy, and we all said it at the beginning. Of, I mean, we have the recording to the podcast, so it's no lies. We all said that Kemba and Rose would be great to mentor the kids. Mm-hmm. Maybe it didn't work out like that, but uh, um, it's an experience. We ha- you have young wingers. You have uh, young centers. Uh, well, Taj Gibson is young in my heart. Um, <laughs> man, moving like that, you have to be young. And maybe yeah, an experienced point guard would be would be better than a, a a guy you need to develop as well because running a team in at a point guard position is is not easy, and you can see glimpses of that from quickly. But you need you really need to grow into that position. It's not a, a an easy position to have. Yeah, I mean to to and to uh, piggyback on that, I guess. When you're having a team that's coached by a coach like Tibbs, who is always going to be in the win now mode, you want an experienced point guard. Um, if you look around the league, though, I mean, the experienced ones that were maybe made available, I mean, you're probably looking at Conley, probably looking at, I guess, Malcolm Brogdon. You know, he's maybe a little bit on the younger side as well, but uh, it's it's kind of slim pickings because once you get one, you kind of keep them. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Point guards don't be made aren't made available that that frequently. Um, but I would uh, I would entertain a Halliburton offer. It really depends on what the Kings want uh, because they they got such a a large amount of players. But also I I'm not trying to take on that Buddy Hield contract. You know that's just I think the one thing that Leon and and the team with the Knicks now have done a really good job of is no albatross contracts, you know, like even like people, some people consider Fournier's contract a bad deal. It's still very, you know, considering his production, especially lately and his uh, and the flexibility with the, with the team option towards the end of the deal, it's not really a bad deal, but he heals contracts, a bad contract for by all anybody who comments on his deal. So, you know, I, I don't, want to be in the business of just taking on bad contracts you know because that's just yeah. a bad precedent in my opinion but for an deal to to all the team options you have maybe right now they're not as appetizing for teams but maybe in a year or two years they'll be oh yeah uh, i i can eat that contract take our take my best player and i will eat those contracts because because of the team options so it's uh 
they obviously tried to to go for it for the playoffs these these years with uh, with with Randall contract and everything. And let's see what the future holds with the with these contracts. All right, so let's uh, move on to. I don't really know what to make of this next trade. Um, so uh, New Orleans gets rid of Josh Hart, Thomas Sadoransky, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, Didi Luzada, a first-round pick next year, and two second-round picks. All that goes to Portland for C.J. McCollum, Larry Nance Jr., and the immortal Tony Snell, who has not missed a free throw. <laughs> Do you know that? He hasn't missed a free throw in three seasons. It's crazy. But... Uh, uh, what do you guys, who who came out on the better end of this one, Alex? Um, CJ McCollum was, I mean, he was obviously linked with the, the Knicks, but and I, I really like him as a player. I think he, is he not come, he comes from the New York area, doesn't he? Or did I just imagine that? I think, um, he's he's had a lot of health concerns over the last uh, year or so. Um, it's, it's a hard one. Are they, the the the, um, the Pelicans gave up so much in that deal. Um, uh, don't really want any part of uh, Larry Nance. <laughs> you know, just, I know you're not a fan. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> the um, but yeah, no, I, I didn't really like the link with the Knicks uh, at the time. It's a big contract as well, and I think he's still got he's still got another year after this, isn't he? I think. Um, so yeah, I, I didn't really like that one at all. Um, from either side, um, Alexander Walker was an interesting one again. I've been kind of following him since the draft, he, he was highly, highly rated coming out of the draft, but now it doesn't seem to have kicked on properly. Has the odd good game every now and again, then just kind of drifts back again. But yeah, it's um. It's a tough one. I mean, again, Pelicans are one of those teams that are really going to struggle to to attract big free agents. Um, so, uh, don't know what the situation is with Zion as well. But um, you know, I really like Brandon Ingram. Um, so, if they could get Zion fit, then that's a that's a decent three they've got there. I mean, it's not really going to take you very far. But it still, as we've already talked about, at least takes you up to that next level, I think. So, yeah, I mean, they've got a lot of assets, the Pelicans, a lot of draft picks still. So um, they can afford to, you know, to attach these and, and kind of make moves. Um, I think the Knicks are going to get to that point fairly soon where they've got all of these, let's say, you know, rostered players that are, that are of good quality, but they've also got a lot of draft picks as well that they're going to have to make moves at some point. And I think the Pelicans have just got to that stage where they, they need to kind of, they've only got so many spots in the roster. They've only, you know, they've got all these picks. So they're going to have to start, start shifting them about. Um, so, yeah, I don't, I don't mind the deal for them. Um, but I don't really know what's going on in Portland at all. Uh, there was a report out today that I think Lillard was saying he was happy with, you know, sticking out the, what's going on, the kind of effective rebuild, um, which I found quite surprising, but I guess he could just be saying that, but um, yeah, I'm not, not quite sure. It was the, the moves previously that Portland made that looked really weird. Um, so I'm, I'm not, as I say, I'm not sure what's going on there. So um, strange one for them. Josh Hart's a good player though. I mean, it, 
clearly didn't work with uh, the with Portland had before that CJ McCollum and uh, um, Lillard backcourt. It didn't work uh, to they made the playoffs every year, but they didn't go far. They they couldn't make that that leap, and they're trying something different, trying a different approach. Approach while Lillard still has a, a, a the fight in him. So uh, you can see the, you can say you blame them for trying to. Well, they got rid of all the contracts they they had. They 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 have flexibility now. Maybe they will be aggressive. They maybe they'll try they'll, they'll trade the picks they got. They they we we will see a lot of movement from 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 Portland. And I like this. For, for New Orleans, they have uh, uh, some young pieces as well, some young guys, and they're showing probably Zion. No, come on, we we're here. We we're not going to make with the same mistakes with you. We made with Anthony Davis, not getting the the right guys to to play with you. So Valanciunas hey. is always one I forget about as well. They've got him as well. Yeah, Valanciunas. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah they, they New Orleans, Portland, uh, New, uh, New Orleans has uh, an interesting team. If uh, if they had Zion, they will probably be would probably be in the playoffs. Uh, I don't quite, know what quite a ba- quite a balanced team as well. You know, Valanciunas, Zion, Ringroom, and and CJ. They just need a, a you know a top level point guard. As they the, had the teams. But I like this. The, I mean, Portland, you you understand what they're doing in New Orleans. They jumped on this opportunity. I mean. I mean, CJ McCollum is the best player in this deal. They they got fan favorite uh, Tony Snell, and they got uh, the the well, McCollum is the second best player in this deal because Larry Nance Jr. Ooh, uh, is oh he's kind of, <laughs> he's a he's a player. Yeah, he's that guy. <laughs> um, I guess do like, think, do you think Obi oh. could just end up being a, a Larry Nance? Yes. Oh my Absolutely. God! One hundred percent. Yes. Oh my yeah. god. I people listening, I do not agree with this. I'm I'm not don't don't fire bullets at me. I am not I'm the Portuguese guy. I'm the same one. <laughs> the Portuguese guy. Just gotta let you know. <laughs> yeah. Um I mean for me, this is all about keeping Zion happy and showing that you're trying, right? Like, yeah. hey, look, you know, we gave up a future asset, you know, in a first round pick. And went ahead and we, we got you a score guy who could get buckets in the backcourt. And from that perspective, it's good. You know, you guys mentioned Portland frees up some cap space here, the retool around Dame. I think it's a lost cause. I think Dame should probably end up getting traded in the summer, to be quite honest. And, you know, we'll see how that goes. But I think Portland might have a full-on rebuild on their hands pretty soon. Um, you know, I know Dame is super loyal and everything, but – after a certain point, you're going to waste your career, you know, for this team that doesn't have that much talent. Like Simons is a good player. We just witnessed him torch the Knicks the yeah. other night, you know, and, um, but, but I don't know. Like, I mean, is, is, is Damon Simons and Nurkic getting you to the past the first round? Probably not, you know, so you gotta, you gotta blow it up. You know, that's, Dame, that's the only way. Dame just seems like the sort of player that's going to end up in the Lakers. Those few. He's a, you know, he's an LA guy too. You know, he yeah. grew up in that area, so it makes a lot of sense. Uh, eventually, you know, they they'll just have to, you know, if he was healthy, yeah. If he yeah, was, if he, if he was healthy, maybe this the the Lakers would have been uh, take take Westbrook. He's good. Oh my god! <laughs> well, that remind that that reminds me. I was going to say earlier that uh, everybody's criticizing about the the Knicks not making any moves, but two teams yeah. that 
were well ahead of us uh, in the Hawks and the, the Lakers. Neither of them made any moves either, despite both dropping significantly this season. Um, didn't make any, didn't make any panic moves. Yeah, I mean they might have tried, but you know they didn't get anything over the line. Right. So, would you guys then have traded for CJ? I was kind of on board with it, but like looking at like what uh, New Orleans had to give up, I mean it's a lot, yeah. you know. Uh, and I just yeah, so I, it's kind of a no for me. Uh, where do you guys stand? Yeah, it was, a, it was a no for me. Uh, he actually had an extra year on his deal than I thought he had. Um, and he, yeah, as I say, you're giving up your depth basically. And and I know that we do need to give up our depth, which sounds a bit, bit silly, but um, yeah, I don't think he was the right move to do that. Um, I think I think they're waiting on waiting on bigger moves. So yeah, not CJ was not to move the the move to make either. I don't think so. Um, it's he's not the point guard you want or need. So no. Yeah, guard, he, yeah. I mean, I think he was a point in college. And well, by the way, Alex, you mentioned that he might be a New York guy. I actually checked it out while while you guys were talking there, and he is originally from Ohio. He's from Canton, Ohio. Hmm. Must be thinking of someone else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> moving on to the last trade for us to yeah. discuss. Please move on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Okay. It's okay. Uh, Wait, you're not going to ask if Alex would trade for uh, Larry Nance? I want to see this. No? Okay. Larry Nance for Obi. There you go. Uh, Obi and five first for Larry Nance. Who says no? <laughs> Bargnani says no. <laughs> All right. And the last trade we're going to talk about is Cleveland, with the surprising year that they've had this year, uh, trading Ricky Rubio, who is out for the year with a torn ACL. A 2022 first, a 2022 second, and a 2027 second, so three picks, to Indiana for Karis LeVert and a 2022 first. What do you guys make of that one? Yeah, interesting one. And uh, LeVert, did did we not work out he was the oldest oldest starter on the team, I think, in Cleveland now? Yeah, because he's um, like 27, 28. 27, yeah. yeah. Um, Cleveland have got one of the youngest starting lineups in the whole league. Um, yeah, uh, you know, I like the move. Levert is a nice player. Um, uh, just where where Cleveland are at now, the, I mean, picks-wise are, are going to be not that valuable. So I, I can see the, the reasoning that that side of things we've we've talked a lot about Mobley he looks like a potential superstar I think they've got um, they've still got the Sexton issue to sort out um, Garland's looking great as well so they've got they've got a great great looking young team and I think they can afford to take a bit of a risk in Levert and that you know health wise he's he's obviously had these issues as well so um, yeah why not um, uh, just to make a bit more of a push this year um, could be just just yeah. a nice little complimentary piece. Yeah, I I like this movie. This movie was, was surprising, but uh, Cavs are really trying to to make something of the season. It's not they're making a a, a move. Will they get uh, on the the conference finals, the NBA, the title? I don't think so. But it's a move that shows that they're. What they want really shows that okay, we have our young guys, we have our 
the rest of our, the team to build around. So uh, the so yeah, we're we're set. I mean, if if they can get a, a a superstar and if Mobley really gets into that superstar level, I think the Cavs will be a, a nice team for a long time. And they're making the best moves possible, they're getting good players already with the, the young guys. They will just improve. Like we said, we said it last year with uh, us making the playoffs and quickly RJ making play, playing playoff games. It's well, there's no better way to to learn than to play in the playoff games. Right. So I um, like it. I'm going to say, I feel like when you say that they're going to try and get a superstar or something down the road, obviously, you know, we just talked about Portland not being able to attract superstars. You know, Cleveland definitely isn't able to attract superstars, you know, mm. outside of LeBron, obviously, you know, but yeah. that's a different circumstance. And, but I think they might already have them. You know, I think Garland sure. and, and Mobley are on that trajectory. Like, I remember in the draft, I was saying Mobley. He just looks like a multiple-time all-star to me. You know, just uh, the way he plays, and I just can see it. Garland has vastly out uh, outpaced my expectations. I remember because he was in the RJ draft, and they took him right after we took RJ. Yeah, it was fourth, yeah. And there was a rumor before that draft about us taking Garland, and I was like, ugh, I don't know. You know, I wasn't, I wasn't super sold on him. He had injuries in college, you know, when he went to Vanderbilt. And, but no, he's turned out to be an excellent NBA player. And I love the move for Cleveland because they are just saying, you know what, we, we have a special season going on right now. Let's add a piece and make a run. It's, it's kind of like when we added Rose last year, you know, we exactly helped us to kind of get ready for that playoff run. And, you know, you get rid of your first round picks in the next year. I mean, they're a top four team in the East. They don't go fuck about that. I mean, that's, you know, like, of picking the twenties, who cares, you know? And yeah, I love it for Cleveland. I think Indiana, I mean, they weren't going to keep Karras long-term. They get some picks. I, I think it's a mutually beneficial trade. I think both teams got what they wanted out of it. Cavs get a win now move. Indiana continues the rebuild. Um, yeah. Well, when it comes to Lillard, would you guys have, uh, you know, gone after him at all? Uh, I was just about to say maybe maybe the Cavs should have gone for uh, hometown hero CJ McCollum instead. Maybe. Well, funny um, you say that, uh, Alex, because Karis Levert is also from Ohio. So oh, uh, you are batting a thousand on the hometown stuff today, my man. <laughs> the um, so uh, yeah, Levert. Yeah, again, I I, th- I I like the move as I've just said for for the Cavs where they are. Um, I say that I think they can afford to take that risk uh, considering his health and things. So, um, the but where the Knicks are, I don't really think it makes as much sense. Um, but so I I don't know. Again, it again as as always, it it depends on what what you're giving up, and and I think. It might have just been a little bit too too expensive for for the Knicks, so for what he would have brought to the the team. Yeah, I don't think we we sh- it's it was we didn't need we don't need a guys like like Harris Lavert and and the Knicks right now. It's it's not what we need. It's uh well I'll say it again we need a point guard. Harris <laughs> Lavert is not a point guard, and he's just another winger. If he was an expiring deal and we could would have get rid of of guys if that was the plan, because I think the Knicks could have given up players uh, to 
if they wanted to give up Burks, they really uh, there were reports, but if they really want to give give up Burks and Fournier and all the all the other vets, they could have done moves like uh, for expiring contracts. But there was no point if we wanted to stay or improve. There was no point in trading for Carries Levert only if we thought that he was going to be better than than Fournier. And I don't see why the Pacers would do one for one like that. So yeah. Yeah, then you would have needed to attract or attach draft picks to to get the Pacers interested. And the only reason they, they took on Rubio was because he's basically coming off the books next year. So yeah, yeah. some shed salary. And I, but you know what? Uh, this exercise has taught us, guys, that we are lockstep with Leon because I think for the most part we all really were okay with not going after any of these guys. And. You know, so continuing the course, you know, maybe that seems to be the right way. Uh, we'll see, obviously, what, you know, these teams end up doing, you know, Sacramento, Brooklyn, Philly, you know, if these trades help them, you know, in a, in a playoff push here. Uh, but let's talk about uh, next week's game. So there's only two because the All-Star break's coming up, um, both at home against Oklahoma City and against Brooklyn. Now, I'm not sure – if Simmons will be ready to go by then, uh, he, mm. all indications are he is not going to play in their game tomorrow. So we'll see what happens um, for their game for the game on Wednesday. So uh, what do you guys think? You know, how are we going to do um, win these two games? Yeah, I mean, I mean, the 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 West Coast trip has been really tough uh, physically and um, obviously results wise. Um, but there was a lot, a lot of good play there. The the team seemed to be still playing for Tibbs. Um, um, you know, the main issue I think with the team recently has been just, you know, just running out of steam. I, I think Tibbs is obviously not trusting uh, players coming off the bench just based on recent form. Um, so he's just he's gone back to his default of of you know putting the starters back in, which they they were obviously just completely gone physically um and i think especially the the other night last night that yeah it was a big mistake uh how he did it but you know there was a lot there's a lot of positives hidden in there as well um and uh, you know i think we're still playing well in patches um okc is one of these weird teams i just I, I just don't ever like facing them even when they're right down the bottom that they've got some nice players that you know, if they get hot, they can be really good. I mean, did I think you maybe mentioned last night, Omar, that uh, Gilgis Alexander's still out, I think. Yeah, I believe um, so. Yeah. Um, the guy, Josh Giddy, seems a really good player. I like, I like the look of him. Uh, Dort seems to be someone that can just go off um, on occasion uh, as well. Um, they've got a few players that are good, but uh, Alexander being out seems seems you know like hopefully enough to kind of see us through that game. Um, and the Nets, well, as I say, it's in New York, so they're not going to have Kyrie, they're not going to have KD. Uh, they've been they've lost eleven in a row, so I think I think we'll definitely lose that one. So um, no, I, I, I think yeah, if we've ever had an opportunity to beat the Nets, we've not got over the line a few times in the last year or so. Um, so I think. This hopefully has to be has to be the one. Um, although Simmons, with his never lost against the Knicks record, even if he comes on and he's twenty five percent fit, you know he's still got that hanging over him. Um, so yeah, 
that's the risk. But uh, yeah, why don't we be positive going into the All Star break and go for two 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 wins? Oh my God, positive yeah. in positivity in Nick's Nick's podcasts. Well, I was um, I was positive last week by going one three. So, <laughs> so <laughs> well, discontinuing we, my positivity this week. We got the one three, but we. Yeah. won the wrong game but yeah. um no, it's not yeah, i mean i i agree with you with with uh, what you said that this uh west uh, coast trip we were well we lost we won only won one game but if we take out the the the, the nuggets game uh we didn't play that bad in the, the lakers game we had a, a really it was a, a fun game to watch we lost in the in overtime yeah um, the Jazz game, we ran out of steam by the end. Clearly, the fourth quarter, we didn't have much more to give. Our, for our top guys didn't have any. Uh, the, the, the Golden State game was entertaining as well. And, the, well, the Blazers was entertaining until one part, and then it stopped being entertaining. But it wasn't – if we we played – we didn't play bad. We Man, we we saw nice plays, nice flashes, but uh, we obviously lost the games, and we have the opportunity to win these two, which is it is very true. The the, the teams that without their best players. So I was joking, but I might agree with two and zero. Um, I I mean, I'm we must all be crazy because I'm gonna go two and zero as well. Um, confirmed. It's confirmed. It's confirmed. Yeah, it's happening. Uh, <laughs> oh, I mean, okay. See, no, no Shay. You know, yeah, Dort and Giddy are good players. Um, totally agree, Alex. But I think you got to take advantage of no Shay. You know, and um, that's a that's a game you have to have. And uh, Brooklyn. I mean, if 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 Simmons isn't playing, and it's just, I mean, and you won't have KD, and you won't have Kyrie because again, it's in it's in Manhattan. And Imagine Patty Mills and Seth Curry going off. <laughs> like, like those are. I mean, with the matchups, I mean, you gotta feel that two and zero is is reachable, right? And yeah. you know, you go into the All Star break feeling good about yourself to get a nice little week off, and, and then come back and you know see what happens in the home stretch. So I'm gonna go two and zero as well. Uh, but that I, is. I'm go not gonna end this part. Sorry, I'm not gonna end this without saying this. Uh, oh we're 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 playing without R.J. Barrett yes. because Tom Thibodeau is a war criminal. Oh. Don't don't, <laughs> don't apologize. Don't try to apologize. <laughs> Tom Thibodeau is a war criminal for playing him that long against the Nuggets. Um, real quick, I, I know that you know we're we're kind of running long with all the trade deadline talk, but uh, Alex, I can't end the pod without you rebutting. No. <laughs> No, um, just what I just mentioned there about the um, the last game, the the way the the fourth quarter panned out. You know, you can't defend tips in that situation. Um, I mean, tips plays plays big minutes. I mean, that's not not a secret. You know, there's there's pros and cons to doing that. Um, you know, injuries happen to all players, no matter how many minutes they play. But yeah, there's a higher risk the more minutes you play that you're going to get an injury um, through fatigue. You know, just your, your kind of body position as you're driving. You know, you're, if you're fatigued, you, you're not quite um, going with the same kind of 
power and and things like that. So there's there's all sorts of things that can go wrong. But um, I don't think this is one you can you can really put on him. You know, RG's a young player. You like, well, I mean, RG's not exactly. You know, he's he's probably the one player on the team that can play big minutes, and he wants to play every single minute if he can. So, uh, yeah, I mean. Yes, he could have played him less minutes. And yeah, he, he did put him back in at the wrong point. Yeah, I totally agree with all that. I'm not defending him at that point, but I just feel like it's it's just jumping all over tips again. But, you know. It was a master plan. It we just is to, what it is. is there, it was a master plan. RJ is out, and now he gets to play Cam Reddish. It was the master plan of my tips. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It all makes sense now, guys. It's all part of the plan. He's playing four-dimensional chess, and we're just playing checkers. We don't know yeah. what the hell we're doing, obviously. Um, anyway, guys, that is going to wrap us up for another episode of the Worldwide Knicks podcast. Uh, thank you, as always, for joining. If you enjoy the podcast, please make sure to rate and review that on Spotify and Apple Podcasts if you listen on those platforms. If you do enjoy it as well, make sure you send it out to your friends so they can help find the podcast as well. Uh, you could also connect with us on Twitter. We're at Podcast, and we actually recently – across uh, the 500 follower threshold. And that was, was that during the Denver game that that happened, Rafa? Uh, I don't remember. I don't even remember. It was like Maybe. right, it was like after the Denver game or something like that. Yeah, it happened yeah. this past week, but <laughs> that's the point. But yeah, so uh, thank you everybody for following us on Twitter. And uh, so we get into a lot of great conversations there. You know, Rafa just starts making viral Nick's Twitter tweets. Like it's like it's going out of style. It's great. Uh, anyway, that's going to wrap us up for another episode. We will catch you next week for another episode of Worldwide Knicks and Go Knicks.